0: Welcome to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast with Alex McRobbs, international yoga teacher and sober coach. I broke up with booze for good in 2019 and now I'm here to help others do the same. You're not alone and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. Now, this is the third episode with the Sober Curious Yoga panel, which we've been having a lot of fun recording. So, it's your Sober Curious Yoga teachers, Lee, who is in the States, and Jules and Matt, who are both in the UK, and then myself in Abu Dhabi. So, welcome back, everyone. How's everyone doing? Great. Needing a holiday? <laughs> needing a holiday. <laughs> Perfect lead into our theme for tonight. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about our experiences on our first sober vacations. And we were just chit-chatting before and found out that me and Matt both were having our first sober vacation in France, which is pretty cool, both in Paris. So where, Lee and Jules, where were your first sober vacations?
1: think what i can remember um i think it was about two months into being sober i went Mm. away for a weekend um in wales in in the uk um and i can remember not having any clue as to what to drink and at the time i wasn't drinking any alcohol free drinks and i bought a load of elderflower which, you know, is nice. But after about two or three bottles of elderflower press, incredibly boring. So yeah, I, I think I felt a little hard done by it. I've got to be honest. I do remember um, sort of thinking, well, what, what am I supposed to drink? This is my holiday. And it, even though it's a weekend away, my partner, he doesn't drink a lot, but he did have some wine. And I remember us um, having a really nice dinner and i i think i had like maybe soda water or something like that and there was a, a little bit of oh i don't and i I think i was a bit nervous at the time to drink anything alcohol free like alcohol free beer or anything like that so i didn't want to get triggered mm-hmm. um but yeah so I, I think it it wasn't really until about maybe i don't know maybe six months later that i decided to drink alcohol free drinks which made it so much easier like going away and and having more choice. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, mine. I, I guess it depends if you want to know if it was a successful sober vacation. My first attempt at a sober vacation was a failure. Um, I was with a lot of friends and I tried. I went to the group. We all went to the grocery store as a ski trip, and I but went to the grocery store and I bought myself alcohol-free beer. I don't think I got alcohol-free wine, but I know I got alcohol-free beer and I felt very self-conscious about it. We were with six other couples and I hadn't really told everyone that I was trying, trying to go sober. And I wasn't like as committed to it as I am now. And I made it like through two or three days. And then I was like, screw it. I'm going to drink. And I drank, I caved into the peer pressure. So that was a hard one. Um, And then the next one that I did was a vacation with my family. And we went to Oregon backpacking. And uh, I did go to the grocery store and buy alcohol free wine and beer and My son's also alcohol free, so that made it a little easier because it was and my family all knew knows that I'm doing this. So I had the support. I think my friends weren't like trying to sabotage me, but I felt myself (laughs) self-sabotaging in the first one. So I think it's really important to pick who you go with. Yeah, especially for your first time to go away to have people who are really supportive to you and that you're not shy about telling that you're not
1: drinking i
3: mm-hmm. so, quite interested that jules actually brought up that you didn't drink alcohol-free drinks to start with so you really switch the sort of mm-hmm. you know desire to drink alcohol away straight away and and that wasn't the case for me at all actually in fact i probably had quite a few alcohol-free drinks not as many but um i was quite interested to hear that and and i think as you said it depends who you go away with and my two alcohol-free holidays vacations that i've had have been with my wife and my kids and that has probably helped a lot um Although, as we talked about in the previous podcast, I've been away with a a big drinking party. But anyway, my holidays, yeah, my first one was in France. Um, And that was last summer when we could somehow get away during these crazy times. And we went to France and France would normally have been somewhere I've gone to a lot before. And it would be a place to drink lots of wine, a few beers. You know, I do miss wine to an extent um i have to say but last summer i didn't i can't even remember struggling with it because i was in that kind of golden period of time where you're really going for not drinking and and photos of me i look pretty great actually i have to say i was sort of 75 80 days of not drinking and i was in that real zone of this is the best thing ever not that i'm not now but um i was really going for it you know so i found it really easy we went to a center parks kind of place uh, we went into paris um and it was it was okay you know it was it was actually um really easy and there were alcohol free beers around so i had a few of those um and actually for me alcohol free beers are the revelation because if you like beer mm-hmm. alcohol free beers are a massive win because they're mm-hmm. so good if i had known how good they were or you know maybe years ago they weren't as good but you know, if I'd had known two or three years ago, I would have just been drinking those all the time because mm-hmm, I can't yeah. tell the difference. Um, yeah, and actually, going on holiday this summer, we went just into the UK. And when we got to the Airbnb, there was a really nice bottle of red wine there as a gift to us. And at that point, I remember thinking, oh, I wonder what that's like. And then my wife had some, and I smelt it, and I hated the smell. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like the smell. It was the first time I'd smelt wine. And I was like, oh, <laughs> horrible.
1: Yeah, I've had exactly the same. When when we went to an Airbnb last year and I hadn't smelt wine for however long, um, and, it, and really similar, they left us a bottle of wine and there was this, oh, oh, because that, you know, it's just such a lovely gesture. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember pouring some out for Adam and I thought, let's smell it, see what it smells like. And it just smelled like vinegar. Yeah. yeah, I was really that's surprised. Fine. So I, I don't think I'd smelt wine for like six months or whatever. And and it really put me off and I'm actually, you know, that I'm pleased that it did because again there was I'd really noticed actually just talking about it now. I think that's one of my triggers is going on holiday. Mm-hmm, I think yeah, I've gone to pubs and I've been fine and I've gone to comedy nights, music gigs, I've been fine. I think holidays actually is a real big clinch of me because it was it's that feeling of now I can let my hair down now I can yeah. have a break I don't think I've ever been on holiday and as an adult where I haven't drunk and not not necessarily lots but it's like that's what you do you go yeah. on holiday and the first night is you open a bottle of wine you buy a really nice bottle of wine or you get given it as a gift and then you know you the, the most of the holiday it's not necessarily around drinking but it's a massive part of it and I, and I don't think I sort of realized until reflecting on it now that it's like actually every single holiday or break that I've had wine has has been a massive part of it and now that I've gone on a couple of little weekend breaks and holiday breaks yeah it's trying to to shift not just the drink but also the mindset yeah. of What are the important things that I do? And I remember my last holiday, which I know that um, I actually did quite a few yoga classes. And one of the yoga classes I did when I was in the car, which uh, (laughs) I I knew that I needed to have a structure when I was on holiday. And one of the most Mm -hmm. important things was about doing my sort of daily practice and doing my daily yoga practice and, and trying to find places to do that. And the only place I could do it was in the car. So Alex was teaching me yeah. yoga in the car.
3: That's a different <laughs> podcast,
1: car yoga. Oh, yeah, car yoga, that, that'll that be our next podcast.
2: <laughs> but I think that's really true, Jules, what you said about shifting your mind, sh- mindset. Yeah. It's like shifting your mindset around what's fun, what's mm-hmm. relaxing for you, Yeah, finding different things that are relaxing than wine. Because wine, the association for me is wine or like, For me, like the association of after skiing, the apres ski beer and finding a replacement for that. The association of, you know, going to a pool and having a cocktail is a really big one, I think, that is hard to let go of and think, what am I going to have instead? And so it's really important to plan ahead and think, what are the things I'm going to do for my relaxation and what are the things I'm going to do for fun? And what are the mm-hmm. things I'm going to do that fill me up versus using alcohol as that crutch? And I remember when I first started being alcohol free and thinking like about being in Italy, sitting on like a terrace with a nice, um, what are those drinks that have the orange um liquor liquor in them in Italy that they serve at, oh, um, and Aperol, Aperol spritz, spritz. Yeah. and Aperol spritz and having an Aperol spritz uh, at like by the water. And that just seems so romantic, the whole idea of it to me. And what would you, what would I, I think I would be just as happy sitting on that terrace in the beautiful setting with a mocktail or with something, some kind of a fancy drink. It doesn't have to be alcohol, but it's, it's not necessarily the alcohol that creates yeah. the relaxation. It's the setting and who you're with. So thinking about what's fun. And I also think like for my vacation, we planned like a backpacking vacation. So it was like adventure and doing something fun, adventurous that took it away from the focus on alcohol. So planning the activities. And I don't know, like in Paris, maybe it's going to museums or, um, you know, Mm -hmm. a walking tour, looking at architecture or whatever, you know, it could be different things, but thinking of other things than sitting in that um, place, drinking the wine.
0: Yeah. So um, for my trip to, to Paris, um, it was, My first trip that I had planned being alcohol free, but I actually planned it before I had quit drinking. And the reason why I did it was because, you know, traveling between North America and the Middle East, often I would stop over in Europe. And so it was a stopover between like my trip to Canada and then my trip back to Abu Dhabi. And I actually didn't want to go. I actually thought about canceling the trip because I was going to be by myself. And I was like, I just don't think I can do. Paris without a glass of wine in my hand. Like, I don't think it's going to be possible. Mm -hmm. And then the funny thing was, so when I was in Morocco, I was with my mom way before I quit drinking. And we met this Parisian man in the Sahara desert, like this guy that lived in Paris. And he was like, at the time, I thought he was so boring, right? I was like, he's a physics professor who just wants to talk about art and he doesn't really drink and he's so boring. And he said, oh, you're coming to Paris, stay at my house, like with me and my mom. And I'm like, oh my God, that would be the most boring vacation ever. And then he ended up reaching out to me and being like, do you want to stay with me? And it was like the most perfect thing because he was like, not really a drinker. And he had spent his whole like young adulthood, just kind of traveling the world, and like meeting random people. He had been to like hundreds of countries. So he just wanted to like, you know, pass on the favor and like tour me around. So he had planned this whole itinerary. He had booked all the, all the museums. And, you know, it was like a three hour thing. So he just wanted to tell me about like every, all the history of every piece of art. Cause like that was what interested him. And it ended up being like the best vacation of my entire life. Like I, oh my God, it was amazing. And, and I told him beforehand, I was like, I don't drink. And he's like, yeah, I don't really like to drink either. And then there was just like no alcohol at all, the whole vacation. And at the end of the week, I was like, this was the best week of my life. <laughs> and I'm just so, I was so happy that I didn't cancel it. Um, But it's totally, it's like who you're around, right? If I, I, it was just luck that I ended up with this guy. But if I had been with like a group of my friends that were like more interested in like partying in Europe, I might've ended up drinking
3: i don't know yeah it's interesting you said that that was your the best vacation of your life and there's an interesting point that i've thought about um is that these two vacations that i've been on i actually came back refreshed from them whereas holidays Mm -hmm. before when you're drinking i'm sure you guys will agree you know you're recovering when you get back yeah right because i i typically would you know have a drink at lunchtime probably have to have another one because i had this silly idea that if i have one drink it's not enough and it makes me sleepy and then you sort of wasted some afternoons and then you're drinking in the evenings you know i'd come back quite lethargic and not relaxed and too tired after being on holiday which is crazy whereas this has not happened to me the last two holidays you know with not drinking so that's quite interesting to reflect on
2: yeah, definitely. I remember coming back from vacations or like when the vacation ending, thinking like, how am I going to go to work? Cause I'm used yeah. to drink it, starting drinking at like 11 or 12 in the morning, you know, like breakfast, Bloody Marys at breakfast, beers on the beach, yeah. wine with lunch, whatever,
0: yeah. wherever it was. <laughs> So was there anything about vacation that worried you ahead of time, like other than what we've already talked about?
3: No, I don't feel like anything really worried me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't because the thing is, depending on how I was going away with. I'm going on a holiday next year where I'm going away with my, my wife's parents and we're going to an all-inclusive place. And that will be more of a challenge, I think, yeah. for this one because we're we, where we're staying this summer, I didn't feel worried about it
1: not a holiday, I suppose, because I've just taken lots of weekend trips, we've got a trip coming up in a couple of weeks, actually, which I'm a little bit nervous about. So we have a group of friends that from my partner's university days, they're all in their sort of late 40s and 50s. And the original plan was to go clubbing, which I laughed are about 20 minutes and my partner laugh about 20 minutes and and given that we're in our sort of late 40s early 50s sort of going clubbing makes me yeah completely want to just laugh a lot um Mm. but we actually have a weekend coming up and whenever we see this group of people they're all gorgeous they're all lovely people but whenever we see them there's a lot of drinking and the last time we all went away for the weekend we went up to London Um, and spent the whole entire weekend drinking and I haven't met them without drinking so actually and it's interesting so even though I'm coming up nearly to two years it's still actually something that makes me feel nervous and I I, again I don't think it really hit me I think because I've been only on holidays or breaks with my partner who's not really a big drinker and are our activities that we do are very much similar to what you were saying Matt. it was very action-packed and we were doing activities and very sort of you know child orientated because my partner's got children um but actually this is going to be a weekend away and i think most of the activity is going to be based in the pub and so i think it, what i need to put in place is a plan so whenever I do anything which makes me feel a bit nervous or worried or a bit overwhelmed. I put a plan together. And for me, because I'm quite introverted within a group setting, what I used to do was just get drunk because I couldn't really cope with being around lots of people. And if I drank, then it meant that I could, you know, what I thought was confidence, which was actually, you know, just basically a smokescreen. Um. so I think even though, quite you know as I said that like coming up to two years sober it it's still something that I need to work on mm-hmm. it's not something that I take for granted it's not something that I just suddenly go oh I'm, I'm two years sober I don't have to worry about alcohol anymore and I don't have to worry about social settings I still do I still think that I was listening to Laura McCowan um, podcast this afternoon and she's seven years sober and she was saying about it's like not taking it for granted, and that there's always new unveiling, and there's always new things that you learn about yourself. And she's realised that she's got sober, she's become more introverted, and I realised that actually I much prefer either being on my own or being like one to one with people. So going on holiday, even though it's for a weekend, I can see it. Now my hands are going. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'll, I'll put a plan together, and I hope that i'm at a place now where i have the confidence to be assertive to go i'm gonna leave now Mm -hmm. because i don't really want to stay up late in a pub till 11 o'clock with lots of people drinking it's just not it's not something that interests me anymore and and again it's that reasserting myself and when i used to drink alcohol i would not i'd have just got drunk and pretended I was fine with it. Whereas now I can't pretend if I'm in a social setting, and I'm feeling uncomfortable, then it's about plucking up the confidence and putting on my big girl pants and saying, actually, I'm going to go now because my need to take care of myself and my need to actually have rest time and downtime is really important. And being on holiday is is rest time and downtime. So yeah,
2: is your husband or your partner, is he uh, willing to, like, leave at the same time as you, or
1: oh, it, how he's does very, that work? Yeah, he'd be very supportive. Yeah. And I've already worked out that the pub is nearby the bed uh, the, and uh, breakfast place that we're staying. That was one of my requirements was when we go out, can we be close to where we're staying so that if I need to leave, mm-hmm. I can go. Um, because I've been in situations where I've been stuck when I'm somewhere and lots of people are drinking and and, and I'm stuck in that situation and I can't leave and that for me is, is just not a good thing. Then I end up hiding in the toilets or in the past getting very drunk because I couldn't cope with it, yeah. whereas now it's like, okay, so what do I need to put in place to take care of me? And mm-hmm. I think that mm. that doesn't stop. I think that that's something that carries on and you keep putting those things in place for yourself
3: I like the way you said that there's there's various unveilings of you know a sober journey and I think that's so true because it, it, there's so many so similarities between going on holiday and, and and meeting up with friends you know I've been invited to a a surprise 40th birthday tomorrow and I you know for quite a while I have just decided I'm not going to go because I'm just worried that you know, there's a lot of drinking there, and not that I will drink, but just that I don't know there's still the worry. Do have as much fun, and people talk about it, and you know, and and I think, but you do become more introverted. So, you know, if you're going on a holiday with lots of people or away for a weekend, you know, it's that it's that social dynamic, isn't it? It's the fact there are other people there drinking. You know, if I was going away with twenty people and they're all not drinking, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. So,
1: right,
3: yeah, it's going to take a long while, isn't it, to not think about it and have a have to have a plan in place.
1: So is that tribe mentality, isn't it? Like we go on a walking holiday every year. Mm. I don't feel like that because like half the people that go on that walking holiday aren't drinkers or not very big drinkers, and and actually the holiday is about walking. So we're mostly too exhausted to get drunk. Mm, right. If we do, if people do drink, it's not it's not the highlight of the weekend. Whereas the weekend we're going on, I know that it's going to be a mass. That's a, the massive part of it, um, and and it's also you know that it just isn't something that interests me. I, I'm you know that isn't something that I do anymore. If someone said, do you want to go away for the weekend and practice yoga and dance and walk and you know, stare at the moon as it goes down on the beach, I'd be like, yes, please. But if someone said you want to spend a whole weekend in the pub, sitting there getting pissed, I'd be like, no. Yeah, Our interests change,
3: don't they? And I think our interests change and what we want to do changes as we're, you know, getting to more of a sober life. And, you know, going back to my sort of invitation to go out tomorrow night, I just don't feel like I want to go.
2: Yeah, I
3: just can't be bothered doesn't interest me i'm more excited to go and do hot pod yoga instead that's it
2: one of my favorite vacations used to be going on this uh houseboat trip with my friends and it was drinking from morning till night and getting really several people would end up getting sick during the trip throwing up from you know too much alcohol and The thought of doing that again was really made me very nervous. I was like, how would I ever do that? And I was so thankful that actually it just didn't happen because of COVID. This past last, it was always in the fall, like right around this time. It was about a month ago and we haven't done it two years in a row. And I kind of relieved that we haven't had to do that because my my choices for vacation now are much different, Mm -hmm. right? Like doing more hiking or something outside or with my family i'm happy to go away with friends still i just don't want to like you guys are saying like spend the whole time around people who are drinking from morning till night and
3: having mm-hmm. to negotiate that Lee, so it a ridiculous it's, it's just a ridiculous idea isn't it that you go away and people are getting <laughs> sick from drinking yeah i mean yeah. What a dumb thing to do. Why would
2: I <laughs> oh, do gosh. that? Oh, gosh. And it would take like the whole week to recover from that trip, you know, like just <laughs> two or three days of just feeling so sick afterwards.
0: Yeah. I was, um, I did like the ultimate, you know how everyone wants to like backpack around Southeast Asia in their like 20s. I did that ultimate Ooh. trip like right before I got sober. And I look back on it and I'm just like, Oh my god! Like I, I was, I had like two to three hours of sleep a night. I would, I would like miss touring cities because I would be asleep in like a hostel bed. Like I, on every drive, I was just like asleep on the person beside me. Like I look back and I'm like, that was not a good trip. Like I don't remember learning anything. I didn't really like any. Like the people (laughs) were just, we would just get drunk and fight. (laughs) And I'm sure they were lovely people. Like, I'm sure they would have been lovely had we like, you know, spent sober time together. But, you know, it wasn't like lifelong friends or anything like, you know, I met them all and then said goodbye at the end of the trip and sort of never saw them again. Actually, one of them is lovely. She joins the Mindful Life Practice um, community, but she was not doing the drunk revelry. That's Shayla who does our class. She was one of the more sober folks that I really should have spent time with. (laughs) But um, honestly, I look back and I'm just like, I don't know why that was like the peak thing I was looking forward to, because I really, I would have gotten so much more out of it had I been sober, I think.
1: I think it is that thing, isn't it? Changing the mindset of what a holiday is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what is a holiday now? Because when I was younger, my holidays were, as you said, it was like getting drunk and and having crazy nights. And I don't regret that because I had some brilliant times, like yeah. absolutely top times and also some awful times. But on the whole, I've got to look, say I look back, maybe with beer goggles, but I do look back and just go, I did have some crazy wild times. Yeah. I went on honeymoon to San Francisco and met the most craziest people I met people in bars that I'd never meet and I actually met um I don't know if I'm allowed to say this Bobby Brown Whitney Houston's ex-husband and I drank Grey Goose vodka and spent the night wow. with, not chatting but the night chatting with Bobby Brown and we met some alien spotters so it's like you know there were some amazing times and I, I genuinely had some absolutely fantastic evenings that who knows if I'd have had drinks with Bobby Brown if I was sober? True. Um, maybe not. But I know now for me that isn't what I want. I don't regret doing any of those things because that's just part of my tapestry. It's part of my history. But where I'm at now, I want something different. I want holidays which I'm present in. Yeah. And I want holidays which, as you said, I'm learning stuff or experiencing. Mm-hmm and trying things maybe that i wouldn't usually try but i, I want to leave a holiday feeling rested and, mm-hmm. and having some like restorativeness and refreshingness and i just wouldn't have that if i was if i was drinking so i think my my mindset has shifted and my interests and my needs have changed you know in, in the wider picture but also in, in what i do in my holiday time as well
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that and I think it's like the wasted hours isn't it you know and, and when we talk about what sober vacations are, are like we're, we're obviously all of us are reflecting on what they were like before
1: right. and
3: I just think of the number of hours I wasted whereas last year in France I remember getting up at six every day and doing yoga I was doing yoga with the MLPC actually I'd started that off and it was amazing mm-hmm. and I was up at five thirty in the morning doing yoga and just doing two or three hours of stuff before my family woke up, which was brilliant. And so I look at all those extra hours I gained on holiday, and and those week-long holidays now feel like a proper week instead of half a week Mm. because so much time was wasted. And, yeah, I remember, like you, Jules, I do remember so many fun times. I really do. But I do regret some of the wasted hours, I have to say, and, you know, I can't get away from that now. Yeah. It's about making the most of the ones that come, I suppose now. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I think it's about like, I just was listening to Glennon Doyle's, we can do hard things podcast. And she was talking about bravery and, uh, and bravery being like those internal choices that you make for yourself that don't go with what everyone else wants to do. And so when you have a bunch of friends saying, oh, let's go on a ski vacation and we'll all rent a house together or like, let's do the houseboat and I'll do this together. And you know that it's going to be drinking. It's like, is that really the choice I want to make? And within myself, it's a brave decision, I think, to say, no, I think I don't really want to do that for vacation. Maybe I want to do something that's better. That's going to fill my cup more and not going with the flow of what everyone else wants to do. So if you know you're going to get boxed into that kind of scenario where you're in a place with all people who are drinking or there's Mm -hmm. going to be some situation that's going to trigger you or it's not going to be filling for you, find some other way to spend your vacation and it's not, it's okay to say no in that situation and do something different
1: i think you're so right it's courage yeah. it really is it's courage mm-hmm. to to take a, a, a different way of being and take a different life and and you know there is that herd mentality and yeah. i know that like, when you're younger you, there's a there's most probably more pressure but even as you're older I, I still feel it from a lot of people there is a why do you practice yoga why do you do all those things you know a lot of friends think maybe that what I do is selfish as opposed to self-care there's always that little subtext with people when they they know that Uh I do yoga and it's like but these are things that I do to take care of myself I'm not I don't I don't have any judgment about what other people do I like whatever people do Uh to relax that's that's Mm -hmm. brilliant if it helps you to relax but I know for me at the end of the day, alcohol doesn't help me relax. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't help me anymore. And what people choose to do for their holidays or their rest time or relaxation time, it's like you do you, but I know for me that what I need, you know, healthy, healthy things in my life because it helps me to feel better about myself, it helps my yeah. mental health, it helps my well-being. And I, I really do think my, my holiday time now. I treat it as a bit of a retreat (laughs) it's like what can i do to get the most rest because i need to i need to have it so that i can go back into you know work and go back into family situations and feel resilient and especially during covid it's like rest Mm -hmm. and recuperation time is like i think the 101 most important thing to do because yeah you know, we've got so much pressure on us during this time. So any little times that we can have as a break, as in a holiday, we need to make the most of it. And yeah, holidays and rest time now, even if it is a day or a weekend, you know, or if, a, if you get to have a week off, it's like making the most of that time.
2: For me, like planning out the vacation. So it is more of a retreat and restorative thing instead of going along with the plans that someone else makes. <laughs> you know, that's going
3: to, that they have different priorities than right. mine. What I were mean, you going to say? Is, the thing is that as we are sober now, we're a long way into our journeys. We are much more in tune with looking after ourselves. And mm-hmm. and this is actually true. <laughs> Why? I did last summer when I went on holiday, and I don't think I did it really when when I was drinking. I've started taking my pillow with me when I go away. So I've been on two holidays and I've also been away for the couple of weekend stuff, but I now take my pillow with me and I take my little light, my loomy light that lights up in the morning and, and goes down at night. So I take those things with me to make sure that, you know, I have a good night's sleep. And I didn't do that when I was drinking. There's almost that acceptance that it's going to be, you know, a crap night's sleep. I'm drinking, I'm in a different bed, you know, the sleep's terrible now I'm so in touch with you know what makes me feel good yeah. in my body that I'm trying to recreate that sort of home experience when I go away so okay. and actually I, I know a lot I know the British cycling team did that started doing that years ago and loads of athletes do that they take their own pillows with them in fact they take their own beds with them like if I could <laughs> take my bed with me on holiday I would do that I would never bother about that there's two, they actually, they take their bed with them around yeah. the world. and it's, it's actually true because they want to have yes, the best I see. Nice and if I could do that, I would do that. And I wouldn't have, I did not care about that when I was drinking. No, There's an acceptance that you're going to feel like crap on holiday. And when you're away, it's just not as good. And that's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I definitely bring all my journals and my poetry books and the, the affirmation yeah. books that I read from every morning as Part of my uh, daily routine, I bring Mm -hmm. all of those with me. I have a backpack. I have like five books that I read, like a little section from each day. And uh, I do that when I'm on vacation.
0: And my essential
2: oils. I would. If you're on a plane, it's a little bit harder. But um, (laughs) I, I do like my essential oils, though, to sleep with. And I bring those with me, too.
1: I've got my little essential here that I put on actually before we started. This is Bergamot and Calabrian. And it's exactly as you said, I have like a little ritual that I have. So yeah. I, I put this on my pillow at night. And I always mm-hmm. take it with me if I go on holiday anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I have like, like rituals that I do in the morning. So I put a joystick on and I do my morning pages and I do my journaling and then I do my meditation. So when mm-hmm. I went on holiday, up in Cumbria a couple of months ago I was carrying that on and I did you know I got up at six did my morning pages did my yoga meditation and my partner and his children were like but you're on holiday why are you doing that and it was like well this helps me (laughs) it helps me to carry on and it's like actually not doing it's not a holiday it's like actually that you know it doesn't mean I'm incredibly strict that I don't let go but For me, it's like it sets up the day. And as you said, Matt, it's like I've got those two hours extra that are mine, that I don't have to be Mm -hmm. in parent mode and I don't have to be doing anything that anybody else wants to do. I have two hours that are my time. And that's like having a mini holiday in itself, You know, that six o'clock to eight o'clock in the morning. That's my time to, to do whatever I need to set me up for the day and and then i'm able to be more boundaried and i'm able to support other people and their needs because i've already met my needs i've already got what i needed to to
3: yeah it's a holiday within a holiday isn't it basically you're creating a holiday and a holiday and and i definitely relate to that and those two or three hours in the morning you know i was up in in the north of england in summer and you know i just got out every morning i still i didn't not get up early i didn't have any extra laying or anything because i'm content with how much sleep I'm getting you know Mm -hmm. so that's all sorted so when I'm on holiday I don't feel the need to have to sort of lay in bed and and I want to get up and do stuff Mm -hmm. and and have that break within a break yeah Mm
2: -hmm. that's the great thing about the mindful life practice too like I have been on so many vacations where I've joined in sober circle meetings and joined yoga classes and you can just bring your computer or your phone and join in I, I remember doing that at Mount Hood last summer yeah. that, and that was yeah. the first vacation that I went on and I joined Sober Circle from Mount Hood in that hotel and it was awesome and it, my family was all sleeping and I just got up early and went and
0: joined the Sober Circle and it helped me
2: to connect with people who were also sober and in the same mindset.
0: Yeah. And being- it's so
2: great having it all on Zoom that you, it's so portable.
3: You
0: can just yeah, I mean,
3: we've had people obviously um, coming in and doing yoga when they're on business trips away, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like going to the hotel bar, you know, do some mm-hmm. yoga in your room mm-hmm. instead. So, you know, yeah. things like that are great. Totally.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I remember, Lee, when you joined that sober circle, because I remember yeah. you were in um, a lodge and a guy, yeah. a man came over who worked there and was like, I'm sober too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes yeah definitely (laughs) so I'm one for the go ahead
3: say that this doesn't come across well if you're listening to the podcast but as we're being videoed as well me and Jules are gradually disappearing as the light goes. And um, <laughs> I'm struggling to see myself on the screen.
0: I was actually noticing that your it got darker in your background, Matt, before Jules's. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting.
1: Ooh. That's true.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's Bristol,
1: we're not, when we don't get as dark as, as early. How many hours <laughs> away
0: are you guys from each other? <laughs>
1: I don't, like nothing I really. Still, like maybe three hours. That's so oh,
3: interesting. But we're we're not like like one of us is not more south than the other, really. I don't think.
0: <laughs> Where does <laughs> they sun like, I, I, to-
1: I think it's just because I'm in the conservatory, so I've got windows everywhere, so it's most probably just that little bit lighter. <laughs> oh, maybe okay.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is the strangest thing. Okay,
1: <laughs> I have
0: one more question for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Advice or wisdom would you give to someone if they're going on their first sober vacation?
3: Take your own pillow with you. No. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's like Jill said, prep, prep for it, you know, just, you know, who you're going with, what the trigger's going to be, you know, what was it like before, if it's a similar thing, if it's, you know, what are you going on holiday for, I would say.
1: I know that um, when I went away this time I also checked out some of the local pubs to find out Mm. you know as I would if I was going out for the evening because I knew we were going out for dinner so I checked out some of the local pubs and there were some yummy really yummy like locally brewed um, alcohol-free beers so again as you would if you were going out for a night it's like where are you going and planning Mm -hmm. and, and inquiring as to what drinks they have. And also, I think the more that we ask pubs what alcohol-free drinks they have, the more that they'll realize there's a demand. Because, you know, I think actually most pubs now I've been to do have alcohol-free drinks. Not many, but at least they've got something. But the more that we ask, the more that they'll actually start realizing that there's more of a demand. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And watch who you're going with in the first place. like, And if you are going with people that are going to be drinking, like, I think letting them know that you're trying to do this alcohol-free thing is helpful even though it feels a little awkward yeah eliciting support from friends is very helpful
1: and I think you were rightly with the whole sort of the sober circle so maybe maybe taking like some support with you in your pocket when you're away Mm -hmm. again as like you know if you're going out for the evening you might have like a an alcohol-free buddy that you might have online or in the real world just to connect with I think when you're on holiday I think every time that I've been on holiday I've had some kind of connection with a community group that that Great. is predominantly yeah. online but again it just means that I can just check in with people just in case I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed or triggered or a little bit that like I don't know what to do and just you can ask others for advice or even if you don't, it's just nice to know that you've got allies. I think there's it's nice to know that there are other people who are yeah. who are a similar path to you.
2: Yeah, and I also brought like Quitlet with me to read on the plane and mm-hmm. I especially in the beginning I was reading Quitlet books and also like listening to sober podcasts or whatever in the beginning just getting that support and kind of it's like wallpapering your mind with sobriety yeah so that that's what you think of is sober stuff and that's how you want to live like
3: I don't know yeah I think love it.
2: that
1: wallpapering too, your man. mind with sobriety I think you've just done the best quote <laughs>
3: ever yeah, I'm <laughs> going to Instagram that quickly before she yeah
1: i i would say the other thing that i did was treats so i always used to equate alcohol with the treats so my treats now are slightly different so one of the things i did was um we booked a weekend away and the first thing i did was checked it had a jacuzzi that's mm-hmm. my that's my treat now so mm-hmm. it's like giving myself a reward and my reward used to be alcohol and right, now right. my reward is a massage so i booked a massage when i've been a yeah, massage so it's that thing of that's what I equate now with a holiday is like a bit of luxury. Yeah.
2: yeah. Find okay. ways to appreciate the beauty of where you are, like get up for the morning sun, sunrise, Go f- get outside. Yeah.
3: Yeah, see bits of the day that you didn't used to see on holiday.
0: Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? Well, Matt and Lee and Jules, this was so fun. Another amazing (laughs) panel episode. I don't know if you guys saw on Instagram yesterday, actually I had posted or the other day I posted our our little panel clip and someone commented saying you should do sober travel next. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Here we go. So here's our sober travel episode. So if anyone listening has any topics or suggestions we finished our three that we had planned. So uh, let us know, DM us or comment. um, And hopefully, we'll be back for more with another panel soon. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Thanks a lot. Bye, -bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Sober Yoga Girl with Alex McRobbs. I am so, so grateful for every one of you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one and leave a review
1: before you go. See you soon. Bye.